Welcome back to Are You For Real with Sarah Frick. Today we are sitting down with Naomi Olindo, um, who you have probably seen on Southern Charm, also has the wonderful clothing company, LeBay. So thank you so much, Naomi, for being here. Of course, thank you for having me. Um, let's just, for our audience listeners, just give us a little bit of background. Are you from Charleston? So not originally from Charleston. I was born and half raised in Nice, France. Oh, cool. um, both my parents are French. And we moved to Charleston in 2000, so I was nine. Oh, wow. And started third grade downtown and have lived here pretty much ever since. Did so. you speak English when you came? Not really, no. So that was interesting, but, you know, young kids, like, pick it up really quickly. So. I know. I wish I had learned a language younger. My kids all have Spanish in their schools, and they're so much, like, way better than mm -hmm. I am at all of it. Um, so you're here in Charleston, and tell us a little bit just, like, about um, your clothing line and how you got into that. Yeah, so uh, LeBay, we started it a little over three years ago um, with my partner, Jenny. Um, it basically just started because it was like a fun hobby kind of thing. Um, after the show and everything and, you know, through Instagram, I was essentially getting like these sponsorships to sell other people's clothes. And I was seeing how much was selling and stuff. I was like, well, I should just do this yeah, myself. You totally. Know? So Cut out it, the middleman. Yeah, it was just kind of like a side thing um, that now has turned into, you know, one of my main jobs. That's so. awesome. So yeah. tell us a little bit about like the clothes or what they're, are they? Um, so it's just like ready to wear. Um, our target is anywhere from 18 to 40. So there's really something for everybody. We do um, high volume, low price. So that's kind of like our strategy right now. That could change one day. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. um, and then eventually we'd love to, um, of course, like design our own things. But Right now, what we're doing works because it's a little bit less complicated. Right. Um, and we sort of wanted to test the market. And I feel like four or five years is more the amount of time we need to really understand, like, the manufacturing process and all that. Um, and eventually, on another facet, I want to be able to buy new real estate, like, for the warehouses and the office and mm -hmm. everything like that. So to own that through LeBay. That's smart. Um, Someone told yeah. me I should have done that with some of these buildings. They were like, oh, like commercial that like real estate McDonald's whole thing, what they do? is they buy their locations and then they their whole business model is they buy the location and then they pay the bills through McDonald's or something. I mean, makes sense to I me. Could, I could have totally just made that up, though, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so how did you get into... So I know we'll talk about Southern Charm in a minute, but before Southern Charm, were you um, like into... Were you on TV or anything like that? No, um, no, 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 not at all. I was like straight out of college. So I just finished at College of Charleston when I started dating Craig. Um, I was like 22 or something like mm -hmm. that, maybe even younger. Um, and so, and I was working for a real estate company because I thought I wanted to get into commercial real estate, which is still an industry that my family is heavily involved in and I enjoy it a lot. Um, so I thought I wanted to do that. And I worked in residential for a year and was so bad at it. Like it just was not for me. It's, it's a I have super a lot hustle, of, isn't it? Yes. And I just, I was like, I don't like this, you yeah. know? And I was really young. Like I just didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew it was not that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, everything kind of happened really fast. I didn't have time to really pick something else before. Um, then I started doing the show, not all the time, but sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my dad was like, listen, you need to go to grad school. Like you need to do something else because I was sort of lost, you know, in what I wanted to do. Um, so I went to grad school, I got my MBA, uh, with a focus in finance and I'm so glad that I was able to do Did that. Did you do that here? here? Yeah. College of Charleston undergrad and graduate. Nice. So it was great. Um, got to stay close to home 
And uh, yeah, then a couple a year or two after that, I started LeBay. So that's cool. the progression has been pretty, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so um, with like, I don't know how much you can talk about, but we'll, I'll just ask questions and you can yeah. give us your answers. So no, like, good. what is Southern charm like? <laughs> oh my God. Do people I, ask you that question all the time? Sorry. Um, I mean, they do and they don't like you'd have to be more specific in your question. So what is, is it, it like, like filming or what is it like? What are the people like? Is, what it, is, is, it, scri- is it a script? No. It's real. It's, it's real. Yeah. It's um, a little too real sometimes. I mean, you know, every now and then there might be a topic where you're like, okay, you guys need to discuss this, but it's all real things that are happening. Right. Um, as much as I wish it was scripted sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> is it fun? Was it, or was it fun? Yeah, I had, I mean, I had a blast doing it. I think, um, you know, I left, after a few years when I stopped having fun and you just kind of have to do what you feel is, is right. Totally. But yeah, I mean, it was a blast. It was a wild ride for sure. Because you, I mean, have gotten like wild, you're wildly popular and from different facets, I'm sure. But was that like the starting of that or? Yeah. I mean, and I, I don't know if I would say popular. I, there, it, there's two sides to it, right? There's people that love you because they don't really know much about you. They just think that they love you. And then yeah. there's people that hate you because they don't really know you. And they think that, yeah, it's so you kind of have to take like the love with the hate because no one actually knows except for your close friends, right? right. What you really like. Um, and it's hard to convey sometimes your real personality like on TV or even through a podcast or totally anything like that. You just need to spend time with people. At least that's how I am. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's interesting because, um, I, totally different platform but just like because we go in there and we pack our rooms out with like you know 50 60 people and it's like it's almost like a production sometimes right yeah. like you give everything you have and you put on this thing and some people are like hold you on this pedestal and some people are like I hate it and you're just kind of like you don't it, this you don't even know you yeah. know and so that can be sometimes I think it can be hard to be out in the public light for yeah. people to make opinions but you just kind of got to get tough and strong yeah it definitely gave me a much thicker skin um and I to this day, it's interesting because, you know, people say, like, don't take criticism from people you wouldn't take advice from. Um, I really have to live by that. Yeah. And to this day, the only comments from, like, all the negative comments or positive comments to the only negative comments that have ever truly hurt me and hurt my feelings or, you know, made me have a bad moment or a bad hour or a bad day were from people that I had met before and had spent time with. And yeah. it, it happened twice. And I'll never forget it. And like, that's, that really got to me really bad. But everyone else can be like, you suck. You're the worst. I'm like, okay. You know, like that doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what are some of like the cool, like perks of that, that you got to do? Huh. Um, Do they, do you guys travel? A little bit. Um, Probably not as much as some other shows because there's always like the budget issue and everything, but um, yeah, we got to travel a little bit. Uh, it, it's mainly, I would say, the main takeaway that is something you can keep even long after. It, like for me and for Cameron and Chelsea, who left the show, is a really loyal following mm-hmm. on social media, which then, I mean, that's what helped me build my current business and that's what help, has helped me do a lot of things. Yeah. So that I'm very thankful for. So just for our listeners, because um, a lot of our listeners are women and younger women and they're, you know, I want to talk a lot about your business because I think it's so incredible and inspiring, but how do you like, you know, there's always, there's this like love hate relationship with Instagram. Like yeah, people are um, like, Oh, I hate it. I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, listen, it, you want to build your business? Like this is how you do it. I know. And so, so 
go ahead. Well, the the tricky part about that, because I've had this conversation, especially with Leva, we talk about this all the time. Um, the reason that people get confused and Instagram, I mean, to me too, sometimes like when I'm in a rough patch, I, I just delete it off my phone. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to look at what everyone's doing. Like I'm happy for happy them. Happy assholes. But yeah. I mean, you know, I just don't, I'm like, shit, like this, okay, yeah. I don't need to look at that. But where people get, you can, there's a very, very fine line with Instagram when you say like, okay, it's your business, but people don't want to see, people don't follow you just for your business. They follow you for the personal side Mm -hmm. and having to share the personal side and balance that along with the sponsorships or the business things and everything is very hard because you can lose sight sometimes of the fact that, okay, this is work. This is work because you're sharing something truly personal. Totally. And it's like, uh, I don't, you know, I don't feel so good about this. I don't like this, but you have to find the balance. Yeah. Or else no one's going to... It's like moral hangover sometimes. Yeah. You're like, you put it out there and you're like, okay, okay. Yeah. And I've found like when I share like more of the real stuff for me, it's like I, first of all, I lose followers. Really? Which is interesting. But the, but I get the response I get like from the people that are like actually like invested in what matters is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And so worth it. So worth it. And I think like I always like with everything in my life, I'm like, you know, any addiction, which I think sometimes social media can be an addiction. It's like, is it controlling me or am I controlling it? And Mm -hmm. like, if I can, if I feel good about it, that's great. But like, I totally get what you're saying too. I, um, did like years and years of fertility and we had a ton of loss. And I remember Mm -hmm. after, um, we lost our, our daughter. Um, thank you. But I got off social media totally. Yeah. Cause I was like not unhappy for my friends that were pregnant at all. But I was like, this is breaking my heart. It hurts. Like I was like, I'm, I just, I literally shut it down. I took, and that was, so that was nine years ago. So I took Facebook off my phone. I took instant when Instagram was first starting. And I was like, mm-hmm. and until I think it was even until my, my son, my oldest son was born. And then I was like, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah. okay, I can, I can like be happy for other people. Cause I felt like I saw myself like being a troll, you know, right. I was like, these people are just living their lives. And like, I'm in a really shitty place and this isn't fair for me to be like, Oh, I bet they're not that happy. Like relax Sarah. Maybe they are happy. You know? Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, but okay. So you are better than a lot of people. Cause there's a lot of people that when they're going through something, maybe not as hard as losing a child, but right. just in general, like unhappy with some part of their lives and what they see you post maybe reminds them of that or whatever. Totally. And they're so quick to not even think, but leave a comment that can, yeah, it, it is a huge trigger. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think social media can be amazing. It can be an amazing place for a great community, but it can also be very, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my best friend just went through a horrible experience with, um, you know, infant loss and mm-hmm. she had to get off everything. She's I'm like, I can't sorry. take it. Like I can't do it. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, with TikTok and stuff, it's so curated to what, you are going through what you're dealing with. So TikTok didn't know she wasn't pregnant anymore. So it was showing her constantly like baby things, pregnancy videos. Get out of my face, TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. TikTok is a wild, wild So I don't even understand that at all. Like, could you give some of us sexy 40 year old ladies like a little rundown? Oh my God. Okay. Well, first of all, if you're not already on TikTok, you don't have to post anything, but if you just just watch, it's so addicting. Okay. And I've seen some of the videos because sometimes they translate over to Instagram. I'm mm-hmm. like over there. Oh, you're one of those people that watches yeah. reels. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. oh, this is cool. Like yeah. I would have no idea to do it, how to do yeah. it. So, I mean, you wouldn't have to do anything if you're not like posting video. I still don't really know how to post a video, but um, 
yeah, they just pretty much have all of your information, know everything about you. I'm positive they're listening and like reading they are listening. Your, your texts, but um, I'll be talking about something and it's very specific things that come up on your personal on your for you page. Yeah. It's crazy. So speaking about social media, I love, I know we kind of touched on your business a little bit, but like what you said you have a partner. Uh, yes. So, yeah. And so do you guys have different roles? I know like, cause Carter and I work together so closely. Like it's like, she has her country and I have my country. Right. And sometimes we like travel to each other's country, yep. but we respect the resort. <laughs> right. It's the yin and the yang. You need, yeah. you need to, if Ginny and I were the same and we did the same thing, it would never work. Like would never, ever work. So um, we have a lot of similarities like with our personalities and stuff like that, but at work she has her very clear roles and I have mine. Right. And um, So what are some of your strengths in the business? So I run like the financial side and do the numbers and all of that stuff and then like the projections of what we need to be doing to reach goals and stuff That's like amazing. that. And Ginny and Ginny and I together buy. And where do you guys, do you have a place you go? Do you go to market or do you do it yeah, online? I mean, we'll, we'll go to market, but we do a lot of it online or like directly with some wholesalers That's and stuff awesome. like that. Um, it's not, it's not complicated. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of buying enough to like keep up sometimes, which is such a good problem to have. Cause in the beginning we, you know, made a lot of mistakes and bought too much and overspent. And then in the first six months, like we thought we were doing so well, but we didn't understand like right. the debt ratio and everything. And right. which, you know, you would think if I have a fucking degree and yeah. I would know, but I, I didn't it's know. Hard. We blissfully just like kept going. But I think if I had really understood what was going on financially, I'd been like, oh my God, this isn't going to work. This yeah. isn't it. Like we got to stop, you know, and thank God we didn't. Yeah. But we just had la la la, like had no idea and kept pushing and now, now everything's great. But um, but that's yeah. so awesome that like, well, so I'm kind of, I'm the opposite of that. So everyone's always like, I mean, did you have like, you know, do you have a business model for your mm-hmm. skate for scaling and growing? And I'm like, I really don't like my accountant. She calls me the unicorn. She's like, <laughs> I don't know how you do it because you don't even pay. She's like, you don't even know your login to the bank. You're like Helen. <laughs> You're <laughs> I think, literally like I Helen. think a little bit. I am. Yeah. I think she, we're talking about be- Helen Hall from Blender Bombs. Everybody, <laughs> if you don't follow her, you need to, she's, she's one of my best friends. The best. <laughs> She's the best. I know it's kind of like by ac- by accident sometimes, but I think that's also like I'm sure some of your followers don't even know that like you have that skill. Like that's numbers are hard. Yeah. Well, I guess I mean I wouldn't call it a skill because you know <laughs> apparently I've messed it up before. But um, have y'all ever thought about doing a brick and mortar? No, never. So that was the whole point. We really wanted to stay away from that. I the hardest part of really like running a business in general is managing people, as I'm sure you know. Yeah. And it my family being in the restaurant industry and stuff, that's number one thing I did not want to deal with. And at first it was just supposed to be me and Jenny. Like we ran it together and then we had to get interns and hire Mm -hmm. other people because we grew, but we just, then the hiring process is so hard too. Don't even get me started on that. But we didn't want to do brick and mortar because theft and the overhead is just so much higher than what Mm -hmm. we need. Like we just didn't need to do a store. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, never say never. I guess I've learned that. But as of right now. I agree because Carter and I are all constantly talking about like, you know, like I said, like scaling in different ways. And I always like we get like a few feet ahead of us and then I'm like, stop. I'm like, how are we going to find these people yeah. and the right people? Because right. our business is more like cultural, less formulaic. And I'm like, how do we create this energy? I did a workshop or I was at a wellness event this weekend and um, there was like some big names in the wellness industry there. Um, I just have to give myself a little pat on the back. Deepak Chopra was there. It's cool. We just taught together. Um, But it was like a whole new group of people. And I'm so used to everyone here, like kind of getting the vibe and being like in it. Even if there's new people in there, you have at least like a solid core. Mm -hmm. And it was 
so hard for me. And I looked at Carter and I was like, I don't want to do, I'm done. I don't want to do these events anymore. And she's like, okay, you need to relax. No, you're overwhelmed. Yeah. She's like, and you got to get out of your ego for a minute. Like, it's okay. You know, you've got to introduce them to something new and yeah, it gets, I, it gets stressful. And now a word from our sponsor. If you know anything about what we do at the works, you know, the work we do in the room to heal our mind, body, and spirit. Well, if you love our kind of healing, let me introduce you to your new favorite CBD brand located right here in Charleston, Coastal Hemp Company. Coastal Hemp is dedicated to providing healing to their customers through the use of CBD and other hemp-based products to help reduce joint pain and inflammation, get a better night's sleep, and just feel good all around. Coastal Hemp Company has everything you're looking for, from CBD tinctures, soft gels, gummies, to CBD treats for your beloved furry friend, and most recently, the Delta 8. And I'm going to tell y'all, they gave me some samples, and I thoroughly enjoyed (laughs) my samples. They are little gummies, Delta 8, THC. I felt great. I slept great. So I'm definitely uh, an advocate for that. I also used some of this gel they gave me. It was like for muscle soreness and it felt so, so good. Put it on my shoulders. I was in CBD heaven. So if that's something you're into, check out Coastal Hemp Company online at coastalhemp.co or stop by their store located at 2612 Larch Lane, Suite 102 in Mount Pleasant. You can also follow them on social media platforms at Your Coastal Hemp. And it gets better. They're offering you guys exclusively 30% off just for listening to this great podcast, use the code all caps for real 30, the number 30, F O R R E A L 30 at checkout in our store to score 30% off. I'm telling y'all, I'm a fan. I'm gonna go over there and get some myself. You know, the, I think the hardest part of that and, and having people that truly understand the culture, which is, the culture comes, I mean, top down, right? And the bigger you get, the more room you have for error, meaning like you might not know that some of your employees that are new or whatever are talking shit about each other on their breaks or whatever. And like, how do you control that? You really, it's really almost impossible. So you can't beat yourself up over it, but you have to make your employees feel like they're truly a part of the movement that you're creating and like of, but again, I say this, I don't know how to do it, but (laughs) I, I think that's, probably what it would take yeah um and also having to having to take somebody new from okay this is who I am this is what I believe you have to re-explain everything that is probably like understood in a place totally like Charleston because people know you yeah you know so yeah I had a big like big fish small sea moment I was like ooh, got to get out of that ego girl yeah I'm like hello you don't know me (laughs) yeah yeah exactly Um, but it's so it was such a good practice for me and like being like you know this is getting to like teach talk to beginners and like mm-hmm. share the passion and it was it ended up being amazing but definitely a little nerve-wracking I totally get it um so you were born in France yes amazing <laughs> um do you visit a lot yeah yeah I'm about to go back in a few weeks we go back we still have like our family there our house there everything so um we go my mom lives there half the time okay um and I just go when I can usually in the summer and then how, what brought you guys to Charleston so my mom's sister married a guy who was French, but he had lived in Charleston in the 80s. And my parents always wanted to go on an adventure. I'm an only child. So they were like, the three of us, we want to go live in America. We want to leave France for yeah. all sorts of reasons. They thought France was becoming too socialist. And then um, like taxation was just insane and all this other stuff. So we looked. We actually, when I was four, lived in Lake Tahoe because that's where my godparents lived. Oh, cool. And it, it we loved it, but it wasn't 
we did a house exchange like from that movie the holiday uh-huh. <laughs> you know yes. you trade I love dogs that movie. you trade cars <laughs> yeah it was awesome and we just skied a ton and it was great but that wasn't the place and um so when my now uncle uh, was talking to my parents. He's like, you know, if you guys want to live in the U.S. and you're looking for a very sort of French-influenced place that's not too big of a city but mm-hmm. not too small of a town, uh, you should go visit Charleston. So we came here in, like, early summer of 2000 and each packed, like, two or three suitcases and came here in August. And I started school at Mason Prep on, um, I want to say it's, like, Halsey Street or something, or Lockwood. But when we first moved here my mom had won a green card lottery. So that's why it was totally random. That's why we were allowed to stay here and uh, be residents legally for a few years. And I didn't become a citizen until I was 16. Oh, wow. And my friends, I mean, this is so bad. My friends like threw me a huge kegger and they're like, (laughs) she's finally American. I'm like, we're 16 years old. But it was such a good memory. So Yeah, that's awesome. So like culturally growing up here, totally different than France. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys carry some of those traditions through Um, your... We did. I mean, because of my parents' personalities and just their preferences, you know, we did. But I think that when you leave a country and you you move to a place like the United States, you so desperately, especially like as a young kid, and I'm sure as an adult too, but want to fit in. Mm -hmm. So you start to try to shed as much as possible of your old culture. Because as much as you respect it, you like it, whatever, you just want to be like everybody else yep. sort of, you know, at first. And now I'm like, damn it, I wish I had a French accent. Like, I wish I had this, I wish I had that. But as a kid, I mean, I was tortured, you know, for being different and for... Look at you now, girl. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's part of what made me, like, maybe a little more sensitive to people and yeah. stuff like that. But, I mean, I wouldn't wish parts of that experience on anybody. Yeah. Well, it's tough, I think, to be, like you said, a kid anyway. I think yeah. girls are so mean. Yeah, I remember having my own mean girl syndrome and like with other with girls mm-hmm. to me. And it was like, like that stuff like sticks with you. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like I was telling somebody some of the stories the other day and they're like, that's that's sad. I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. But, you know, do you remember this? We called it the play toy, but they're like those kind of jungle gyms that are on a playground sometimes. Yeah. And they so they there's a little border around them and they have wood chips or mulch uh-huh. or whatever. And um from like third to maybe fourth or fifth grade. I don't really remember. I didn't get friends till fifth or sixth grade. Um, but for a few years, every day at recess, the rule was everybody could go on the play toy but me, and I had to stand on the outside. It was, like, it was like Naomi. so sad, and I would just stand there and watch everybody play. <laughs> Lindsay and I are both moms for <laughs> three little kids, and I'm like, I'm on whose ass do I have to kick? <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. But the, the funny thing is, to this day, like I'm I'm best friends with some of those kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were eight. They didn't know. And to this day, they're like, well, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel so bad. I'm like, don't worry about it. Like, you're my best friend now, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Totally. Good came out of it. There, that is true. And I think, you know, I'm always like, um, I want to like save my kids. My son, my oldest son is seven, then I have four-year-old twins. But so he, my seven-year-old is kind of like the younger of the bigger kids in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And they all like play really hard. And Waylon's like, he loves to surf and he's like, he actually will come take yoga class with me. And he's just like so freaking chill. Oh my God. And so sometimes like when the big kids like are playing rough or whatever, like he gets his feelings hurt. And I literally want to march out there and be like, who fucked with you? You know, but I'm also learning as a parent to be like, these are your lessons to learn. Like these are your growing moments, Mm -hmm. you know, and to just kind of sit back and like chill. Yeah. Um, so since this podcast is called Are You For Real and you might not have one, do you have like a moment that it like that kind of pivoted or changed 
your life or, and maybe it was the show or. I mean, yeah, yeah. Recently I've had one of those, <laughs> but we don't have to get into that. Um, I think maybe not a moment, but I think I had a realization of what truly made me happy over the last, I mean, in, um, towards the end of 2019, I lost my dad to I'm cancer. Sorry. And so that maybe that experience made me, um, think about like what truly what truly makes you happy like what do you mm-hmm. want out of life because it's definitely not all this bullshit like like things and making money and so like those things are good they're important to have a good life sometimes mm-hmm. you know I mean but really what makes me happy is just helping people helping animals and like human connection right so I think realizing that and that that supersedes anything that is important to me has has given me like a lot of peace in different things because I'll, I'll see people and it's again, back to social media, it's so hard and sometimes annoying to see Maybe I don't want to say annoying because to each their own, you know, but I see these girls that are showing like these unboxing of this like four or $5,000 Chanel bag and making people being like, Oh, I really want to save mm-hmm. all my money to buy that. And I'm like, for fucking what? Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's annoying. What? It's okay. It's annoying. I, <laughs> it, maybe that makes them happy. I don't know. Or it's like a symbol of accomplishment and stuff, but to save for a year or two to buy something like a purse when mm-hmm. you can, and don't get me wrong, I like I like nice things. Yeah. You know, and I'm not trying to be totally hypocritical, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't get it really. Um, I think like I lost my mother to cancer as well. And I think mm-hmm. I, I have a teacher, um, he's a yoga teacher and he, I heard him say once, he said, one of the most intimate things we can do is hold someone's hand when they're dying, but why do we wait for that moment? And I lost my mom. And then, like, two years later, we lost, um, I lost my daughter as an infant, too. Her name was Grace, just because you mentioned your friend. And that's yeah. so hard. So I'm feeling for her and you as well. And then I actually lost, my dad got remarried to my stepmom when I was four, and she recently died from pancreatic cancer. She was like oh my, my mom. Oh, my God. I know. There's been a lot of loss. But Ugh. I was with each of them when they, when they passed. And it was like, it's like those drop you in your body moments where you're like, this is life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why do we wait until it's over to be present to mm-hmm. it? Why do we wait to take, you know, the trip? Why do we wait to say I love you? Wait to change the job, like, you know, yeah. put the bottle down, whatever it is. Or you get in the yoga class. Like, if people are trying, they're like, well, when I lose 10 pounds, I'm going to come. And I'm like, no, calm, like, calm. This is yeah. a community. Like, yeah. don't wait for it. Like, sometimes we're just not ready and we just have to, like, rip off the band-aid and do it, you yeah. know? But I can relate to that because those moments for sure have been the biggest moments in my life. And I think for me personally, but when I'm like, when I was going through it, I couldn't see it until I like grieved it, took a step back and I was like, okay, these were here as lessons, you and know? you can't get other people to see it until they go through it themselves, you know? Right. So that's another part of it where you're like, no, I promise you, like, please listen. Yeah, but yeah. when people would try to tell me that stuff, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. For definitely, for sure. Totally. Mm-hmm. It's like when, before I had my oldest son and or even before Grace, but people would try to tell me what, you know, what to be like as a parent, you don't know until it happens. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what's next for you? What are you, what are you generating that you can chat about or? Well, to be honest with you, I don't know. Um, And I think that's a good place to be kind of though. Yeah. I I think I'm like in a very pivotal like moment um, where I'm trying to figure it out. And I, I want people to know that it's okay not to know what's next. As long as you're you know, enjoying yourself and like loving the people around you. It's okay. This is the first time in my life that I haven't known exactly what my next step is. Like, what is my one year plan? What is my three year plan? Where's my five year? Yeah. Because, you know, I just went through a breakup. I was supposed to be moving and now I'm back here. So my plans have changed 
And I have no idea, honestly, what I'm doing or when or <laughs> where or why. Like, I don't know right now. But yeah. maybe next week I'll know. Maybe next month I'll know. Right. You know, just trying to stay, like, true to myself and figure it out. Yeah. And come take class at the works. Yes. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot believe I haven't been here yet. I mean, come I've with Helen. so much about it. Yeah. I'll come with Helen. She'll meow the whole time. She's, She's so funny. Weirdo. I know. I'm like, Helen, shh. You can't. Yeah. She's like, ah, so hard. <laughs> um, uh, we used to go to our trainer together and... I, he'd be like, okay, Naomi, you have to do this. I'm like, well, Helen's not doing it. Helen is rolling on the floor asking you to scratch my back. And he's like, but that's Helen. I'm like, okay, well, can you scratch my back? Yeah. Like, I don't want to work out either. Oh my God. Wait, who did you guys go to? Cause Carter and I went to him too. Gunner. Oh my God. I love Gunner. Yeah, but yeah, I was great. like, Gunner, this bot, this is an older person's body. Like yeah. I cannot do like he would, he would like, and by the way, it's me. not to anyone listening. Well, it thank is not. You. So. But my bones are older and these hips of we've birthed things, but he would like literally strap me to that treadmill. And he'd be like, go. And I was like, okay. God, <laughs> I, like, I would get so pissed. I would, that. I was like, I would be like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Carter and I, like Carter is real spicy too. And she'd be like, this is bull. I mean, like we were like uh-huh. mad. And uh-huh. like after about three, after like a few months, I was like, you know what? Like, I really like you, Gunner, but like, we're like just mad here. Like this isn't working. I don't think this is how this is supposed to go. He's like, Naomi, stop telling me to fuck off. Yeah. Like he's like in front of other it's clients. So it's disrespectful. Hard. It's so, it is the hardest thing I've ever done in my I life. I know, I know. Ever. And I mean, mm. I work out pretty hard and that, holy moly. Yeah. Gunner and I are broken up right now. We'll get back together yeah. soon, but I'm taking a break. Yeah. yeah. But we do love you, Gunner. We do you're love so, you, Gunner. He's so sweet. He puts up with so much shit. Oh my I God. can't. Yeah. But he also like, I feel like he absorbs it well. Yeah. He's yeah. like. You're here. You're, he's like, I already have your money. Mm-hmm. Do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so share with us where every, I'm sure that everybody knows, but where they can find you on social media, what's your website for your business? Yes. So the website is um, shoplabay, L-A-B-E-Y-E.com. Um, and then the social is also shoplabay. And mine is just Naomi with an E at the end, underscore Olindo. Um, I don't think I have any other socials so that's good they can find you that way okay good. well thank you so much for coming yeah thank i appreciate you for it me. this um, is great if you guys enjoyed this episode which i know you did please pass it on to your friends rate us review us share us and we'll see you next week 